up, everybody? Welcome to the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean, and we're starting off week 12 with the Buffalo Bills 27-17 win over the Los Angeles Chargers. And of course, I watched this game because it has two of my favorite players in the whole world, Joshua Patrick Allen and Justin Herbert. I don't know his middle name yet, but we'll find that out soon. But uh, JPA came out on top today, 27 to 17. So we'll probably talk about them first. But let's talk about what happened in this game overall. Let's start with the Buffalo Bills. Josh has definitely had better games than this. I mean, certainly if you look at the stat line, that's pretty obvious. But at the same time, I still saw him doing the Josh Allen things that I love. I was wondering how the line was going to respond to the loss of Cody Ford. I was wondering, you know, how much pass rush were the Chargers going to be able to get on Josh? You know, what was going to happen to the Buffalo offense with, with that loss? And were they going to be able to really keep all the cream on Josh's coffee as far as, you know, him being a solid value going down the stretch for your fantasy owners? And, of course, down the stretch for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, is this going to really affect them too much? And, you know, it's going to be hard to say whether it's just that Joey Bosa is really that good or if the Buffalo Bills line is in trouble because Joey was a one-man wrecking crew today on defense. He was in the Bills' backfield consistently. They weren't really getting a lot of pass rush from anybody else, but yet it it still felt like Josh was under duress a good part of the game. And, of course, there were blitzes and the like, and, you know, Josh put a couple balls on the ground, so it's definitely – not one of his best performances by any means, but anybody with eyes can tell you that he still has the ability to do all the things he's been doing this season. And I'm just chalking this up to Joey Bosa really being that good because it is such a stark difference in the LA chargers defense when he's in there versus when he's not. And especially with Melvin Ingram likely being out for some time, you know, he was really their only other pass rusher with juice besides Tillery to a certain extent. And, and of course, Tillery is a rookie, so he's going to have up and down games as well. But Joey Bosa being in there certainly creates so many problems for the offensive line that he's just a one-man wrecking crew. And he just really can swing the Chargers defense in that direction. You know, they've had a bunch of tough losses this year already before Melvin had lost. I mean, they lost Derwin James before the start of the season. So I'm going to chalk this performance up to that. But I'll tell you, from a Josh aspect, I didn't like seeing him kind of revert back to some of the things he would do when he got frustrated. I feel like Josh got very frustrated in this game. He wasn't being afforded the same amount of time to do the things he had been doing, mainly because of Joey Bosa and the like. So we've already gone over that part. So we want to be aware that a really rough pass rusher can really get to him. But I'm telling you, Joey Bosa gets to everybody. And Josh got frustrated. He started forcing things. And that's where that interception came from, is from frustration. You could see it in his body language and the plays he was making. They were only able to go short. 
because they couldn't trust to get open downfield and have enough time to really push the ball downfield. So really the bills got lucky that the chargers just called this game so poorly. Now this does concern me a bit as a Josh owner and enthusiast that, you know, tougher pass rushes are going to get to them and going to sap the value out of Josh's playoff run. I mean, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Denver, all can rush the passer. And those are the next games. Although San Francisco has been a little bit more disjointed as far as their efforts because of their offense, you know, Pittsburgh has had no problems rushing the passer and getting after people on defense. And Denver offers a certain amount of juice on defense as well. It's kind of an underrated defense, in my opinion. And it'll be at Denver and then at New England, which, of course, New England can pitch a game plan on anyone and maybe fighting for a playoff spot, who knows, at that point. So it's definitely something to look out for. I still can't imagine going away from Josh after I've gotten to this point. Hopefully you've got a week 14 bye in your playoff schedule and you get to jump right through to the Denver New England part of it. Like I said, Denver has been fine on defense, but I think Buffalo will snow them. And the thing is, it's not like everything stopped flowing through Josh. It's just that they didn't have as much time in the pocket today and it led to mistakes. And really, I don't necessarily think of Josh in a fumbling way, so I'm not worried about him going forward. I love the way they were breaking off QB runs and actually having him run the ball proactively. When when they did, it was beautiful. I want to see more of that to kind of raise his floor a bit. But really, where Josh raises his floor is the fact that he gets the rushing TDs and the fact that it is so hard to guard him in the goal line. And really, he got unlucky from a fantasy aspect that they scored on a pass that he wasn't a part of. So we'll see what happens going down the stretch. But I don't think I'm going away from Josh. I've come this far. I'm not going to let one little Joey Bosa performance make me step away from my mans. You know what I mean? Now, a somewhat subdued passing game from Josh led to somewhat subdued totals from the rest of the receivers. You know, Beasley threw the touchdown, but he wasn't as involved as I would like with without John Brown. I was hoping that John Brown being out, although I hate that for the offense and I want him back, I was hoping for Cole Beasley that he would be able to take advantage of that and give me a little bit of confidence in him down the stretch. You know, should I need a wide receiver out of the blue? but he didn't really offer me that today despite being involved in throwing a touchdown. That's kind of a fluky play. It doesn't really give me a whole lot of confidence that he's going to do that again. The thing is he had been doing better as a receiver and I think it was just a and I think it was just the way the game plan went. You would have thought though with them throwing short so much, he would have been a little bit more involved, but it's just not the way the ball bounced. Gabriel took advantage on the touchdown. And Stefan took advantage more underneath, really wasn't getting very much on the depth of his targets. Although, you know, really he had two big plays in the first half negated. So it could have been a bigger day. It was just kind of fluky. He got him down there for one of the scores on, on a PI. So it's definitely still locked into Stefan Diggs. It's just, you're disappointed with the way it happened, but even still he got seven catches. So he's going to be involved. He's still got the nine targets. So, 
We're going to look for him down the stretch too. And you know what? If the Bills get down, they're going to have to throw the ball more. So sometimes playing tougher teams like that works itself out. And, you know, they end up getting garbage time anyway, if that's the way it turns out. Kind of feeling like Josh is insulated because he runs, because he's the goal back. I just wish it was better matchups down the stretch. And we'll just have to see how the rest of those teams play out for Stefan and for Josh. And, of course, I'm not really recommending anybody else in the offense uh, from a pass-catching standpoint. Certainly, I did like that Devin Singletary got him a couple of passes and seemed to be more involved. He ran the ball well today. So did Zach Moss. You know, Zach had most of his yards after contact, but still, it didn't feel like an overall dominant running performance by any means. And from a fantasy aspect, you know, with both of them in there sapping up the value, makes both of them kind of a really desperation-type flex play. So unless one of them goes down for the stretch run here, I don't know that I'm really going to want to count on either of them, despite them both looking good. You know, it's just not a dominant run blocking line. It's not the way the offense is set up. It's more set up to take advantage of Josh's talents, which is the way it should be. So while I like the way that Devin Singletary and Zach Moss both run with them both back there, doesn't make sense to me to really count on them outside of when you absolutely have to. And that happens. We're in that point where they are absolutely more talented than some of the backs that are going to get more opportunity. So you have to kind of balance that out and say, okay, how do I feel about Devontae Booker? Things like that. So those are the things we're thinking about. And sometimes those guys that come in really disappoint. I was excited about the third running back for the Vikings at one point last year, and he cost me a championship. So you just have to watch out for those type of things because just because it's the next man up doesn't mean they're automatically going to step in. But if Devin Singletary or Zach Moss, either one of them went down, they have the talent to step in and do something with it. Now, Devin didn't do much with it without Zach while he was gone, but still, I think they could if that happened. Let's switch over to the Los Angeles Chargers. And of course, when you're talking about the Los Angeles Chargers, you're talking Justin Herbert. He has quickly excited the minds of everyone in the football community. I called immediately for him to be the starter as soon as I saw him over Tyrod Taylor because I saw what Tyrod offers the offense, and obviously it's not even close to the amount that Justin Herbert offers. And while the scheme fits and he's throwing the ball downfield and he's able to take advantage of his weapons, et cetera, I just wish that he had better play calling behind him. It really felt like Anthony Lynn blew this game about as hard as anybody has blown a game. And I know he's not the offensive line, which is also a problem, a big problem. Justin Herbert is under constant duress, and they're not really able to establish much of a running game. So I get that Anthony Lynn is not the offensive line, but – man, I just don't see some of the things that he's seeing on the field. And I don't get a lot of the calls that he makes as a play caller. So I'm thinking I need to see a different situation for Justin Herbert. It's just scary. I don't like having my quarterback having to switch systems so much, especially a rookie. But the play calling is just too bad. And I don't like that he's just screwing up games for them. 
So I want something different. I'm willing to make that change for Justin because I think he can look just as good in nearly any system. I got to think they'll go out there and get the next hot quarterback guy and somebody that can move the ball down the field vertically. It's just, it's just you underrate how much changing a scheme can really mean to the fantasy value of players. I mean, we see it all the time. Last year, Aaron Rodgers changes schemes. They run a more Tennessee Titan types thing and he tanks, you know, he goes in the tank and then they come back, they retool everything. They have an off season to work on it and they come back and they look boffo. I mean, it's just a question of time. It's a question of fit. It's a question of everybody being able to work together. So there's a lot of parts of the equation that can go wrong for my boy because I love to watch this guy play. He's got such good arm talent. He's making decisions for a rookie that I love to see. The fade to Keenan Allen was beautiful. He's using his weapons. He's under duress a lot, so he's doing a lot with that. I just like what I'm seeing, and I think everybody else is too, obviously. The only thing I'm worried about for Justin other than his health and keeping him upright and the like is him being overdrafted next year. People are all over the hype train right now. They see the big arm. They see everything. And then there's going to be a change in scheme likely. And, you know, him getting drafted amongst, you know, Dak and Kyler Murray and Russell and all that, I kind of feel like that's what we're setting ourselves up for, for him to make this big leap and then be drafted as such. So it concerns me. I want to try and get him in the lower rounds for the draft next year because that's where you get your value. You draft Josh in the ninth round and he crushes it instead of getting a second or fifth round type quarterback. I love what I'm seeing from Justin. I think it's sustainable. I want to see how it looks down the stretch. New England should be an interesting test before the playoffs start. And then he gets Atlanta, Las Vegas, and Denver. Now, Las Vegas and Denver have average to good defenses, so that's not great, but it's teams he's seen before. And like I said, it's not dominating defenses. Plus, he gets Atlanta in week 14. And I know Atlanta just blew out Las Vegas, but I think that team is something Justin can handle. So we'll see how that works out. We get a chance to see what it looks like against New England to see how confident you are going into the playoffs. But honestly, if you've already got Justin in your lineup to this point, you're riding it out now because it's not likely that there's going to be any quarterbacks with as much talent as he has going down the stretch. And especially if they lose Joey Bosa, he's going to have to throw like this again. Now I got to think that the chargers know that having him drop back this many times is probably not the answer, but it was a necessity. And the good thing is they replaced some of those runs with short throws to Austin Eckler. So that's a big boon for the offense to have him back. And I like that for Justin Herbert to have that other big weapon in the passing game. And we might as well go ahead and break into Austin Eckler as well, because like I said, if you're at, if you have Justin Herbert to this point in fantasy or in real life, you're riding, you're dying at this point, Chargers fan and fantasy owners alike. So Austin Eckler got back in the game today. They said they were going to ease him in and then he got 25 touches. Now he didn't do a ton with the carries 44 yards, no touches, 
What I really loved was the fact that he was targeted 15 times, caught 11 of those for 86 yards. That is what we call PPR value, son. That is floor-raising, pulse-raising type stuff for me to see him come in and do that. And like I said, with the schedule not being a crazy world beater down the stretch, I think it's something he can take advantage of. And I love when running backs catch the ball out of the backfield because no matter what happens, they're involved in the offense. I can't state that enough. Running backs are not featured as much in both roles, where they are both their lead ball carrier and their lead pass catcher out of the backfield. Typically, they split those roles up depending on the talent level. But when the talent all comes together and the offense features him because they know that's what they need to move the offense, that's when the fantasy value and the opportunity align to create the super value, the value that comes through, the consistency. Because you, if you have Josh Jacobs and he's not catching passes and the Las Vegas Raiders get down, you have a crappy day and you lose your week. If the Los Angeles Chargers get down – They throw the ball to Austin Eckler, too, because they're checking down sometimes because their line sucks. So if you can get those things and the stars align, that's what you're looking for. So I'm looking forward to Austin Eckler down the stretch. If you survived his injury, if you bought low at some point and stuck him on the bench because you knew you were going to make the playoffs, kudos to you. It was exciting to see the way he was utilized by Herbert. Now, part of that was a function of being rushed. But at the same time, I think it's sustainable. And when Austin Eckler looked good out there, I really like to see that. Now, the issue is they put Josh Kelly in down at the goal line. And he did convert. And everybody heaping dirt on Josh Kelly's grave is a little mistaken. He has NFL talent. He runs the ball hard. They have no line to speak of hardly. It's a mess. So – I don't put this on Josh. I'm telling you from a talent aspect, he's got something. But he's no Austin Eckler. It's not the same thing. Austin is just that little extra level of running back that you pay for, that you want, that you should want going down the stretch if he can keep it healthy. Looks like he did come out healthy according to all the reports. So we'll see how it looks. But I love the way he was utilized in the passing game, something I can't get enough of from my running backs. Speaking of catching the ball, let's talk about Keenan Allen. You know, it wasn't his best day by any means, but you know what? Buffalo has good cornerbacks, uh, especially Tredavious White. So it's not surprising that they weren't able to get as much going on them as you might have liked, especially when Justin threw the ball 52 times. So you would have thought maybe a little bit more for Keenan, but he did save the day with a beautiful fade touchdown. My goodness, it was beautiful. And it's just one of those throws that I'm not expecting a rookie to make. Keenan might be the most professional receiver. It seems like he's just polishing off routes. He's running everything crisp. He's running it hard. He's getting open. He's got great hands. He's got a great catch radius. He's got great body control. I just love what I see out of Keenan. He's absolutely somebody I'll be targeting next year. I worry that he might get a little overdrafted because the Justin Herbert hype is going to be outrageous. But we'll see how that works out. 
and we'll see kind of where everything falls out with free agency. And I'm going to be really looking hard at the coaching thing with the Chargers because I can't imagine that they're going to go into next season with Anthony Lynn with the way things have been going. Uh, they're probably going to stick with him through the season because why do that right now? But I've seen crazier things happen, so I'm not going to claim that I think he's going to make the season, but I don't really see any value in that right now, I guess, other than getting to the coaching search early or maybe trying to look at one of your internal candidates. But I'm not a big internal candidate guy either. See Freddie Kitchens right now. Now, granted, that was the Browns. But granted, this is the Chargers. So I'm going to really need to see them get this right for my boy. If they want to create any sort of fan base, they need to get behind Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen and really market that right. I'm also kind of surprised to see that Mike Williams didn't catch more balls. You know, he's obviously one of the more up and down options in the NFL with the type of targets they ask him to catch. And certainly he was close to a touchdown on one of them today, just got shoved out of bounds and couldn't get the feet down. But man, it does make him a little hard to trust in fantasy, especially going down the stretch. I just got to think if I'm going to bet on something, it's betting on the arm town of Herbert hitting Mike at some point, maybe as a wide receiver three, or maybe you're desperate and you're, there's deep benches in your league and you're having to start him because you're down. I think there's worse options out there because I do like the upside. It's just a little concerning that, that with all the yards out there, he wasn't able to get a little bit better totals on that. As far as Hunter Henry goes, there's definitely worse options out there. And I got to think he's just been a little unlucky as far as the red zone goes. Still, I don't like him as much as I would think I would with Justin Herbert in there. You know, I'd have to really sit down and write down all the tight ends to feel about where I would have him. But I just still, for whatever reason, don't have a ton of confidence. Although he was using him more today with the way the Bills were playing him on the outside. But we'll see how that goes. Now, it's certainly not easy to shut down Mike or Keenan, but I have noticed a little bit that that's what teams are trying to do, mainly because Justin is so good at pushing the ball down the field. So we'll see how that trend goes. I'm kind of interested to see, you know, what teams do to Justin down the stretch. There's a lot of film out on him, and teams love to take away what you love to do. So we're kind of getting into that part of the season where there's been a couple of good game plans Most teams have been hit with a couple of good game plans and other teams are mimicking the parts of that that they can and trying to disrupt the offense. So there's a lot of chess going on during this time of the year, not just with the injuries, not just with, you know, having people in and out with COVID or whatever. It's also, you know, hey, there's a lot of film out on what we do. Can we adapt? Can we make changes? Can we figure out other ways to work off of what we did before fool them with something else and it's really when the best coaches separate themselves at this time well that's what i've got for this game like listen subscribe is a big one and of course if you've gotten to this point and you just listened go download the podcast because that's what counts or downloads let me know you're here let me know you like what you're seeing maybe give me a review if you're liking it otherwise take the information go win your leagues and have a great rest of your day.